This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid. My name is Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acree. And today, Luke, we're going to be talking about accountability. Mm. If you've ever led a team, whether it's in a management role, an ownership role, or even leading a project that needs to get done, you've probably encountered times when your team isn't performing to your standards or doing what you need them to do. Fret not, fellow manager. (laughs) You're not alone. One of the greatest challenges and greatest strengths of a good leader is their ability to hold others and themselves accountable. This can be uncomfortable for a lot of people, but if you focus on these six key areas we're going to go over today, you will start getting the results that you need while still maintaining your humanity and relationships with your team in the process. Mm. This is one of the hardest things. I used to get feedback all the time saying like, hey, you're not holding people accountable. You're not holding people. And I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know. What does that even mean? Yeah. What does it mean to hold somebody accountable, Luke? Well, it's kind of like the Jack Welch uh, thing. Like he cuts the bottom 10%. Mm. Like he was famous for that of like a successful manager. You should be growing people. And I always tell people you should be growing people up the organization and out the organization. Yes. And that is the true sign that you actually have good accountability systems because there, if you're a high-performance team, there are going to be people that are on the bench. There are going to be people that don't make the team. Mm-hmm. But that only happens is if you have set standards, accountability to those standards. And I think one of the hardest things for people to, to push through is the awkwardness because you truly have to, when you hold people accountable, it means you're calling them out yeah, on some something that they've agreed to do yes. that they are not doing. And it doesn't mean you do it in a um, aggressive way. It doesn't mean you do it in a way that's rude or mean, but it means you do it in a truthful manner and you don't back down. Yeah. You don't compromise. So absolutely. So what we did whenever, uh, whenever we had this idea or maybe it was recommended to yeah. us. Um, and so sometimes we throw out our own bullet points on things. Other times we look up what the experts say. So I pulled a Harvard Business Review article to kind of oh, go nice. through because I like the way that this kind of structures it out in these key areas. Because like anything in business or in management, it's a process, right? Yep. If you can get it down to a process, it's repeatable, it's scalable, it takes away the emotional whims that you might feel, right? We we're kind of joking before the podcast. Like, how do you hold people accountable? It's like, yell at them. Well, that's not the way to hold I, I said, I said, beat them with a stick. Beat them with a stick. <laughs> And a lot of traps that managers fall into is just that, right? They let they they see yeah. things uh, happen that you know maybe someone's not doing what they expect them to do. They're sitting there stewing. They yes. build up all this resentment with this employee that comes across poorly in yes. future communication, whether that's through yelling or it's through what is a complete surprise to the employee if they do let get yeah. let go. Meanwhile, the employee might be sitting there having no idea that they're not hitting their expectations if only there was clarity there. So that kind of draws us into the very first key area, which is in order to hold people accountable, you have to first start by setting clear expectations. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most critical. This is where everybody tends to fall down is that you have to set extremely clear expectations and you have to make sure that the person understands the expectations the way you understand the expectations because you can set expectations with people, but the interpretation can be different. Oh yeah. And that happens all the time. So you have to make sure that they can repeat back to you what is the expectations? Not only repeat back, you get them to buy in yes. to say, are you committed? Like whenever you meet with a sales caller and you give them a review or you, you're sending these expectations, you're holding them accountable. You have to go, Hey, Josh, do I have your buy-in yep. to this? Do I have your commitment to this? Can I hold you accountable? Do I have your permission to hold you accountable to what we're talking about here? So you can reach your goals. Yeah. And 
that buy-in and that setting of expectations is so critical because you've you've laid a foundation of what you're going to build upon. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because I think that is a great simple exercise that people can do, which is simply having uh, your director, whoever you're working with, repeat back what it is that you're saying that you're uh, expected. And then the biggest thing, so I was having a conversation with someone uh, not too long ago about this, was like, have you actually got them to commit to doing yes. what you're asking them to do? And they're like, well, no, I never actually had that conversation with them. I've just been telling them what to do. Okay, well, once you get that commitment agreement, you both have something that you can come back on and uh, hold accountable. And there's something about people speaking things out into existence. Mm -hmm. When you speak something out into existence, it's like a truth has been formed there. So get them to speak out into existence. Yes, I commit to doing this. The second key area that you want to focus on is clear capability is how this Harvard Business Review article uh, frames it up. But what I look at this is kind of does the person have the talent? Do they have the proper resources, right? So the talent's not something you can control. Of course, you can train people. You can give them skills. You can teach them new things. Sure. But more importantly, you have to look at it from a, a true, you know, honest perspective and say, have I given them the resources yes. that they need to be able to succeed? Yeah, but whatever you do, do not use the resources as an excuse to lower your standards. Yes. Because that's a common thing that, yeah, it's a mistake I've made in my career is that you go, well... I don't know if, I mean, if they had, if they had a little bit better leads, they probably would call a little bit more or they probably would have a little bit more success. And then all of a sudden it's all done. Your accountability's done. You've got to hold that line and you've got to state from the beginning, here's what the resources are that we have. Hey, this is what the job is and what I expect you to do. This really applies to interviewing too, because I've gotten so much better at interviewing over the years. I used to just interview at like a very like philosophical type level. Now I try to get down to the very nitty gritty, like literal task. Like this is exactly the task. Can you do this task? Because that's pragmatic. It's practical. So yeah, no, I'm happy you mentioned don't lower your expectations because I think a lot of times, like if you fall into that trap of lowering your expectations down to what is being done or what is being performed, you then lose credibility. You lose the ability to bring people Mm. up to your expectations and hold them accountable to that moving forward. So it might not be an immediate thing that you see, but over time, if you continue to do that, you'll see that. The third area is uh, clear measurement. So this this would be making sure that you have a way uh, for the employee to measure their success, right? Yes. It's not an, an amorphous sort of goal or expectation. Yes. It's a measurable expectation, which falls right into something like SMART goals. We've talked about SMART goals before, making sure that you have those measurement um, uh, abilities in place. Yeah. So um, we're doing a mentorship program here at our company where senior leaders are mentoring mid-level meet leaders. And, and one of the people that I'm mentoring, they want to get better with their IQ, or I shouldn't say IQ, EQ. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) This person has a great IQ. No, their EQ, their emotional intelligence. They want to get better. And specifically, and I asked them deeper, well, what do you mean by that? Because there's a lot of, you know, things you could kind of go off of there. And they're like, well, I want to get better at really selecting the right people to come into the organization on my team, to be promoted on my team and all that good stuff. And so I said, okay, well, one of the metrics we can measure you on is your actual retention of the people that you recruit. That's an actual tangible metric that we can get a benchmark. Here's where you're at right now. 
after we go through this process of trying to improve, this is where we would want you to be. This is our goal. This is the timeline we're going to do it in. And it makes it an emotional intelligence, which is intangible. How do you know if somebody has emotional intelligence or they don't, what level they have it, they don't. And it goes, well, we know you've gotten better because your awareness of who you should select and why you should select yeah. them has gotten better. It's proved out through the results. Yeah. The other clear thing here that I want to make sure we hit on is to make sure you are providing the data back Great to point. the person that uh, you're expecting to hit those. Because if they don't have the data or they're not sure, we've fallen into this trap from a uh, on a marketing side where we've thrown out the goals and we've told people, here's the goals, go hit them. And they're like, well, wait a minute, how are we even measuring this? Where is this data stored? How can I yes. see the day-to-day goals? It's like, oh, wait, we've got to give you, we can't just read you the numbers. We have to give you all of the data so that you can go in there, get that information yourself. That automatically increases uh, people's self-accountability because now they can go in, they, they can uh, see all that information, kind of eliminates excuses for yep. lack of a better uh, phrase there. All right. The fourth area is, uh, I know you said expectations was probably the most important, but like you said in the beginning, when we were off uh, camera, you said all of these are number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every point is this number might one. Be, if expectations are one A, this is one B. Uh, providing clear feedback. Yes. Being yeah. direct with people. Don't dance around the point. Don't sugarcoat it. And and not only d- direct often, often, don't often, hold it. Yeah. Like, like be direct often. If, if something is not at the standard it should be, give them that feedback immediately. If you don't create that type of environment and that culture where you can call each other out in a good way, oh, it will just be a disaster. I was having a conversation with someone the other day also about this in terms of like not holding on to uh, negative feedback. When I say negative, I mean constructive, but not holding on to like critical feedback for a set meeting or something like that. Making sure that you are giving the feedback as close to the action, right, as possible, or as close to the behavior yeah. as possible. I actually picked up a lot of this from you from the yeah. perspective of, and it's easier now in this virtual world because you get off a meeting and you can call the person right yes, away. Yes. You follow up right away with a phone call and just say, hey, I want to give some quick feedback on X, Y, Z. Here's what happens when, when you know, you do this or you say this or when this happens, right? Giving that feedback immediately because one, it reinforces, it, uh, uh, <laughs> it resonates well, it's so, more. It's so fresh on the mind. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it resonates more because it's so fresh. So it's so much more relevant to the person. The other thing that it does, if you hold on to feedback for too long before giving to your employee, they think two things. Number one, man, how long have you been stewing over yes. this? Yes, yep. Right? How long have you been thinking about this and not telling me? And then number two is like, why didn't you tell me that a week ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might be making the same mistake for it the erodes last week. Trust. Yeah. It erodes trust. Um, I Like using that person that we were talking about, emotional um, intelligence and stuff, is I watched one of the interviews mm-hmm. and I don't think they would mind me sharing this is like, I literally said, after I watched some of their interviews, I said, Hey, I just want to let you know. And I don't want to sugarcoat it all. Your interviews are terrible. Yeah. Like they're really bad. <laughs> now you might be hearing this. Listen, you're not terrible. Yes. The interviews. Are you might be hearing this going, Oh, that's harsh. How does yeah. that help somebody? Here's why it helps somebody because they got to know the seriousness of where they're at. And yeah. when you sugarcoat things, when you dance around the point, what you're doing is you're doing a disservice to the person because you feel a certain way, but you're not expressing that emotion to them. So you're going to be judging them through the lens of what you feel, but you've told them a different emotion. Yeah. So they're not going to take it as serious as you thought they were. And that, that's why you have this disconnect in communication because you haven't said from the very get-go, this is what I believe and this is what I see. But 
here's this, what I want you to do. Here's how we can work on it. You're not terrible, but you need to know this is how I see it because that really helps build the trust. I would rather somebody just Come out and punch say me it. in the face. Come out and say it. Yeah. Yeah. Then pretend to like um, me. If you're struggling with uh, uh, how to give that sort of direct feedback, check out the book Rad- Radical Candor. That's yeah, a great book. It goes over really well, and it really hammers home that idea that you're not criticizing the person; you're simply addressing the behavior. Um, the other thing that I would just add on there is make sure you're also reinforcing good performance, right? So when yeah. you see something that is done well, make sure that you're reinforcing that as well, because that is the same thing as holding someone accountable to the, you know getting them to go from worse to better, but it's keeping them at that top yeah. level. So the fifth uh, uh, area here is clear, setting clear. <laughs> I don't know why my brain, like halfway through this podcast, like I lost all words. Like what the heck just happened? The fifth area here is uh, making sure that the consequences are clear. Ooh, yes. This is where you beat them with the stick and you yell at them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no understanding where you get disciplined is is critical. Mm-hmm. And you know this is like a parent, like the the lack of clarity there for your kids, you know, just causes kids to just yeah, I mean, go one of the, wild. One of the things that they say most important for parents is to be consistent, right? Be yeah. consistent with your consequences. If you're going to ground your child for doing, you know, whatever behavior this time, and then you don't ground them if they do it again, like then they they don't have any real expectations of what the consequences yeah. are or what you expect from them. You got to hold to the consequences too. This is a struggle. Like we have these pay to play, pay to play. <laughs> yeah, pay to play. Permissions oh, to play. <laughs> We have permissions to play. I'm rubbing um, off on re- you. Yeah, requirements here <laughs> where basically like if you are unethical, that's a permission to play. Yeah. Like if you're not going to be honest, yeah. we have zero tolerance. Well, it's hard to hold the ground of accountability on that level because you might catch a caller. Maybe they're calling and they are, uh, they lied to somebody mm-hmm. or maybe they're calling and they're abusing their KPI metrics. That's a zero tolerance permission to play issue. You cannot, we cannot have you lying, that type of idea. We can't have you doing these things. And a lot of times it's very hard. That's why it's so critical to spell out consequences right away and go, hey, look, these are lines you cannot cross. If you cross these lines, these consequences will be this. And if you hold true to that, people's respect for you and the team's respect for you, it goes up. Yeah, I think that one of the things you mentioned there is making sure that those consequences are clear to everybody as well. And then- it's not just a, hey, if you mess up, you're fired. Now, maybe in that in that scenario that you're using, uh, it might be. But also put in a plan for how you can address that and how you can help the employee improve. So one of the ways you can do that is if you see behaviors that aren't meeting your expectations, right, you kind of have a discovery call with with that person, right? Yeah. Find out, hey, what's going on? What, what can I help you with, right? Then you turn into a coaching call. Yeah. Like if they're still doing it, well, let me help coach you through that. Then if you've done the coaching and they've agreed to the activity or the behavior and they're still not doing it and you feel like you've given them all the resources they need and they've confirmed that they have everything that they need, then you're moving into this sort of, all right, well, now we're going into warning phase. And then from there, you might go into, depending on your company, we call it a PEP, right? A performance yeah. excellence plan. Yep. Uh, PIP is also popular, PIP, performance improvement plan. And then if it's still not meeting expectations, then of course, that's whenever you have to make the hard decision and, and, and terminate the, the uh, relationship. Yep. 
All right, the last one that I want to touch on, I think this one is super important, and I saw this in another article that I was reading when looking this up, but is really to look inward. So if you're expecting your people to do what you expect them to do, and you're holding them accountable, you have to be able to hold yourself accountable. Leaders mm. have to hold themselves accountable first. That means completing what your tasks on time and never missing a deadline, basically doing what you say you're going to do, making efforts to support your team when it's required, and then simple things like showing up prepared and on time for all of your meetings. Set those standards for your team members. Uh, if you expect to be able to hold them. Yeah, this is so powerful. This should be the action item for the podcast because it really is that that's what garners the most respect. Leading by example, people learn from watching you and the way you do it probably way more than you telling them something. And I think we'll probably do a podcast completely on like time management and kind of holding yourself accountable. I think that'd be a good one, a good one to do as well. Because Josh and I are both mentoring people and we both said, isn't it funny how the mentorship (laughs) you gave, you're like, I got to make sure I should be doing that. That's literally the the greatest benefit of this podcast is every time we pull a topic like this, like, okay, these are the things I need to be doing. Yeah, because it doesn't mean what you're saying is not true because you're not doing it. It actually just means that, hey, you got to shape up and start doing it. It's like the pastor at the pulpit, right? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can head on over to statepaidpodcast.com for the show notes and the video of this episode. If you like this episode and, and looking for ways to support the show, there's two ways we ask you to do it. First is to head on over to Apple Podcast, drop us a five-star review. And the best way to show your support is to tell a friend about this episode. Uh, Luke. Yes. They told me, so I got some feedback. Speaking of like instant feedback, <laughs> right? And accountability and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So I was told the other day, I said, they... I was told that I'd never be good at poetry because I'm dyslexic, right? But so far, I've made three jugs in a vase, and they're really lovely. Let that one sink in. Poetry? I'm not good at poetry. Mm -hmm. I've made three jugs in a vase. Pottery. It was pottery was... I can make this joke because I I, I am slightly dyslexic in that also. That's great. Pottery. I'm not good at pottery. Wait, that was so good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't. Wow, I, I wish don't. I would have thought of that like yeah. sooner. If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us a podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke A. Creed. Your action item from this podcast is. What are the standards that you have set for yourself and for your organization, for your team members? And are those standards and expectations clear? Are they clear to you that you will not compromise on them? And are they clear to your team? You need to make sure that everybody understands the standards of excellence that you've implemented, that you will not compromise on them. This will do wonders for you and for your team. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers. Top producers take action. Take action on that today. 